Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 63 of the Boring Lies of Interesting People podcast. I am Daniel. And I am Katie, Lady Lama's Kit. Wow, oh, I said that really poorly. I am Katie, Lady Lama's Chaos with the K, Mesmeral the 25th, PhD, aka <laughs> the new little K. I don't like being 25. I think I've talked about that every single time. Well, if, like, no, if nothing else, you fumble over the 25 part every single time, but it seems that seems to be normal with the. Uh, as your age yeah i was trying to say your version goes up or something yeah my level you level let's go with level man that's a way cooler way to age i'm (laughs) i'm level 28 it's slightly motivating and then i think about doing things to like improve myself Mm -hmm. and it doesn't work so (laughs) i just sit around and do nothing Uh, (laughs) which is one of my points actually but that's <laughs> that's for later <laughs> <laughs> so how how are things I, I realize we haven't done a uh a show since last year how how's your how's your 2017 been so far terrifying uh well yeah i'm like personally well yeah actually <laughs> <laughs> that's not good I got my i got my grades back and like i I didn't do awfully, but seeing how like a B minus is the normal or like that's that. Whoa, whoa. What did you do? I like hit the arm thingy that the um, microphone's touched to. Um, Seeing as how a B minus is like the, the very middle of the class, I'm at the very middle of the class and like, is that bad? I, yes. Okay. Katie. As far as... Well, <laughs> so it's like... You know how the normal cur- like grading curve is like a C? I've heard of this. Like in school. Like 70 is like average. So they, they bump it up for law school. But then they like... They make... <laughs> I don't fucking... I don't know that I should really be explaining it because I don't really get it. But like, so a 4.3 is like the highest grade you can get in a class, right? And then I think like a 2 point or a 2.0, I think is the lowest. No, I guess you can get an F. I would think a zero would be a zero or an F. So yeah. Probably like it's as just F that as nobody possible. Gets them. So like it, I don't know that it's like really viable to speak about them, but whatever. So basically what has to happen for the curve to work is you have a certain number, a certain number of guaranteed A's, a certain number of guaranteed C's, and then everything in between to make it hit around like a 3.1, right? So that's just the way that the curve works. And like if, if if the professor makes the final that's like really easy or has, you know, points that everybody can get, um, then it's harder for them to differentiate who does better and who does worse. So like sometimes, and I don't, I'm not saying that this is why I got a bad grade. Like I legitimately didn't do what I should have done. <laughs> like I, I full on acknowledged and then ignored certain parts. And then that, that's why I got the middle of the class, whatever. But, um, so if a, a teacher creates an exam like that, then they have to like base their grading off of, well, 
how did you grammatically structure your sentence? <laughs> Do I like it better? <laughs> so we're at that kind of discretion level in law school. So it, it has to do with that. It has to do with like whether or not you assessed a certain um, uh, point in the way that they wanted. So I've, I've now learned that I just need to talk about everything and just like throw the fecal matter that is my essay writing at their faces until something lands and they like it. Like that's <laughs> so you're just like bombarding them with a waterfall of information and hoping yeah. that, uh, com like, uh, what's the word I want? Just being able to cover literally everything that you can, regardless of delivery style. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. See, this is why you're being uh, taught to talk good and convince people things. <laughs> it's all good yeah we'll see on that one uh this this uh semester i have to do oral advocacy in my writing class and um i'm terrified but i don't know i what mean it's something oral I have to advocacy through. is that straight up speaking at people and convincing them shit out loud <laughs> yes <laughs> i should write curriculum like overviews. you should definitely uh, get right to the point <laughs> Uh, so basically, we we write this thing called an appellate brief. So when a case, you know, gets decided and and one of the parties doesn't like it, which is all the time, um, you write an appeal, like an appeal brief or writ of a, a writ of appeal, and um, the appeals court can choose to take your case or not, whatever. So we have to write a, an appeal brief, appellate brief, not an appeal brief. Well, pelican uh, brief. At, yeah, Pelican Brief. Yeah, exactly. And then, <laughs> and then uh, we have to create an oral argument to go with it. So, like, the style of advocacy for appellate courts is a little bit different than, like, you might see on um, television or in movies where they, like, they're, like, full force litigation, like. You um, can't handle the uh, truth, that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's more so just, like, you in front of a panel of judges and then they're like, well. So I'm just going to ask you a whole bunch of questions while you're trying to argue something and throw you off kilter. And like, it's, it's terrifying, but I honestly, I prefer that way more to like regular litigation. <laughs> I think it's more fun because it's like a conversation and like, I don't know, but anyway, so, um, you have to develop an argument and then be incredibly well-versed in both the subject matter and all the cases that you, they might use. Um, cause they're going to ask you questions that like, you know, they're going to ask you the other side, the, the defeating arguments, and then you need to have a rebuttal for them and all kinds of stuff. And they're going to try and, like, poke holes in your argument, which um, actually today I was uh, bailiffing for a an advocacy, like, program, a team called Vicam at my school. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> that's one of the things that they did. They were just straight up like, well, you just said this uh and that's in direct contradiction to this other statement that you just said uh how do you reconcile the two <laughs> so that's fun um yeah i did a very very small version of that while i was in school in a uh it was a speech class but it wound up being mm. argumentative speech class which meant it was just parliamentary debate and right. <laughs> i just was not good at that shit i don't know how i passed that but i did <laughs> <laughs> I may have discussed it on the on the show before, but like I had to argue against gay marriage and then f like against regulating firearms, which <laughs> in my life 
I am very much for gay marriage and guns scare me. So, yeah, right. <laughs> so like the guy I was working with was like this kind of leaning right gentleman who uh, like was very stoked about both those things, like arguing against them. And my teacher knew that I was struggling to battle with like battling with my own like moral compass to do this. Mm -hmm. And I think he may have cut me some slack, but God, <laughs> I, I got called out on a bunch of stuff like in our last one, which is like, against the gun thing. And I'm just like, hey, uh, so they have this information I know about. Can I get it so I can use it against them? And the guy's like, uh, this isn't going well, but sure, why not? It was a little heartbreaking to hear it like that cut and dry. Like, you're not doing well, so fuck it. Yeah. C minus. C's get degrees. Look at these. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I'm not proud of getting a C in that class, but I am not stoked about the fact I had to do it either. No, same. I mean, like, I, same. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I'm hearkening back to when I took accounting, stupidly thinking that I was going to be a business major for, like, a semester. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand that at all. Um, not that it has anything to do with advocacy, of course, but, like, I have no idea how I even pulled a C in that class. Like, I, I don't know what the difference between credit and debit is. <laughs> like, I, I just don't get it. One goes on one side and one goes on the other. Oh, I can oh, classes. I can explain credit and debit if we're talking about cash transactions or transactions rather. Well, yeah, but I think accounting has a different terminology for the two. Cause like, I remember her saying that it's different from how you were taught credit oh, actually, and debit. You're totally team. right. Uh, my, my boss at my gig, uh, he's like a straight up degree fucking carrying straight up accountant accountant. Yeah. And he mentioned a debit of something. I'm like, wait, does that mean we're taking money out of some account? Like a bank thing? He's like, no, no, no. They debited the same amount. I'm like, so they, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we want to get this whole circle. I eventually just kind of stared at him. He's like, it's accounting stuff. I'm like, thank Just, just say that next time, man. <laughs> I like that guy, but that's, that's where we wound up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't enjoy it. I don't understand it. So are you in... Because, like, for Christmas you weren't able to come home. Do you get any breaks from this stuff? Um, not really. Actually, that's what I'm facing this weekend. So this past week we had to do appellate research for the uh, brief that's going to be due in, like, three weeks. Um, and, like, normal time sunk into it or like minimum time sunk into it is 10 hours and i think i did maybe 14 mm. i don't know but i spread it out a lot better than i did the last time we did research so i don't know but like i am <laughs> while i was doing bailiffing and not paying attention to the arguments because they were mostly the same um i wrote a list and i was like you know what I have so much to do that I'm just going to start doing it by like time slots. And so now I have a, a full gambit of stuff that I'm going to do after this. So I have six to seven blip to so nine, get pet food and eat nine to 11, Fuck. finish my synthesis <laughs> of, um, not eat pet food, but like we have to get it. For, yeah. But anyway, uh, nine to 11, finish synthesis of property and then create a legend for property. Uh, 8.30 in the morning to 11, con law synthesis and test sheet, which is like a sheet with all the weird tests that are unrelated to each other. Con law is a very interesting subject. 
uh, that I will talk to you about off podcast. Um, 11, <laughs> 11 to 1130, uh, we have to write like a 750 word response to some topic that I haven't even looked at yet for con law. Uh, 1130 to 2, eat comma, chill the fuck out, <laughs> two, two to five, read property, because it does take about three hours to read 20 pages <laughs> and take notes. So that's neat. And then uh, five to seven, outline essay, because uh, we have to have a an outline for um, re- research and writing for the appellate brief uh, due on Tuesday. And then synthesize so the a case table. And we have like 10 cases. So that's neat. Yeah. I have one very important question. Yes. Yeah. Go on. Oh no. Okay, so <laughs> it's not like it's not like uh, actual bailiffs. Like I don't really know why they call court. it. You're not like the muscle of a courtroom getting ready to like stop people from hitting each other if need be. Yeah, no. I uh... thought that's what it was too, but no. Um, so it's basically how it is for for moot court and um, vicam is you just go in and you like take care of all the documents and stuff and make sure that, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's one of my favorite noises <laughs> yeah he got that for christmas uh <laughs> might need to go take it away from him though because that's extremely loud well anyway um so as a bailiff you like time people you keep time if you absolutely need to or you um land and you go through and get documents that they have like so they have like score sheets right Mm -hmm. because they're scoring the people and so you collect those and make sure that you know the people who are being scored don't get to see them um so it's just that kind of stuff they just need help because they i think like the judges who are like actually attorneys and like not real judges um they prefer to have somebody like there to do all this other stuff for them like today i went and got water for them because you know they have to stay in the room you're an intern (laughs) yeah basically all right they just call it bailiff because it makes it sound more official sure jet come here all right now jet's in the conversation hey hey jet how are things still uh brown i think can you hear that uh her or something yeah was was that all right good good He was smell- smelling the uh, microphone. <laughs> Two guest episodes in a row. Wow, we're on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, since our last record, and honestly up until, I don't know, two hours ago, my computer was not in recording commission. That's uh, not good. What happened? I uh, woke up one morning and turned it on, and it gave me an error about like some sort of, I think it was zero 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 nine eight error, and I looked into it, and it's some startup file that just deleted itself oh my god and i guess it's something that hat that comes up with uh windows 10 and windows 8 as a problem that's rare but it's it's enough people talking about it over the years online so uh-huh. then i've spent so much time trying to figure out how to get it to start up because apparently there's some file missing i went to the boot like boot menus and i was doing all this like kind of intense like straight up coding stuff trying to uh get it to where I could go around certain ways and get in there. And I eventually just had to wipe my computer completely, install uh, a version of Windows 10 on a USB, boot from the USB, go in through some back way. And I felt like I was doing some crazy like spy shit. Have you seen, um, <laughs> have you seen Italian job? 
Yeah. I felt like I was Seth Green. Like I felt like I was nice. turning uh, red lights green and hit making cars hit each other as Mini Coopers race <laughs> through a town. I felt like I was doing shit like that, and I eventually got like the Windows thing to come up, and it was like, "Please set up your Windows computer." I'm like, "Oh fuck, God, thank, thank you so much." Because <laughs> uh, this computer is this computer is far beyond metal. This computer is blipcast. This computer is my metal writing. Uh, it's something I rely on quite a bit, and I actually just happened to back up all my music like two weeks ago, just on a whim. So when I was able to load it all back on, I was missing an album, so I just downloaded that. And, yeah. uh, man, it's actually been running much better than it was before, but I'm still kind of playing catch-up. Like, I just got Skype back today. The program I record our stuff with, uh, Magic Music Maker, which is what I also do Ovacord with, I just got working again a little while ago and honestly that was on me there's one button that says easy mode and one that says regular it's been on easy mode and i didn't know that and i hit the other one and now everything's <laughs> fine because apparently this isn't easy but i have been just like shitting myself and i had an interview set up for thursday that i actually had to cancel and i was like you know my computer doesn't work i'd love to talk to the guy but uh it's not gonna go it was with the drummer of a band called catatonia and if it was anybody else it would have been like a really good get as far as an interview goes but he like joined the band like a year ago or so, and has only been on one album. And I don't think fans really like him very much. Oh, but just having that name like across the top of an episode would have probably been pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. The last two episodes have been pretty solid, but that's a different show. But so that has been <laughs> that has been honestly the last week and a half of my life trying to get that shit going again. And that's not good. I, I wonder if it was the update because like my computer. Like, yeah, like last week, it just, it had something wrong with the boot error or the boot order. And so I went into the boot menu and like, it won't recognize my drive anymore. That's kind of what it did to me. <laughs> yeah. So, but it wasn't like a, a numbered error. It was just like, it was just wiped. So I don't know. I have to order a new one, but yeah. So I feel you. I feel your pain. So now I'm just like <laughs> on my laptop and it's that thing is starting to act like a piece of crap. So uh, and I've only had it. I've only had it since like June. <laughs> like That's not good. Yeah. yeah. Windows, Windows. I know you're listening. They're, Microsoft is a big uh, part of our fan base. Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> get your shit together. Come on. <laughs> Do you really want both these fantastic uh, shows that are raking in all the banks for you to, to go under? Somehow we're making money for Microsoft. I'm not sure how yet. <laughs> but uh it's it's there yeah that is uh since it, we, yeah since we last recorded of course i went to a bunch of shows however uh it was all all four of them were part of sf Sketchfest. i uh katie and i kind of went crazy this year and we wound up going to four shows in three weeks oh my god every saturday <laughs> almost every saturday of january we were in san francisco at a venue uh, the first night was actually tied to our, um, was it Christmas? Yeah, it was Christmas. Uh, Katie got us tickets to go see a show called Hold On, which is a show I didn't really know existed until this sketch fest that Eugene Merman hosts. And he gets people who are comedians to come on and they tell stories and he interrupts them and asks like questions about the stories or makes jokes or something. And it's kind of like the Benson interruption, but it's Eugene Merman just mm -hmm. being Eugene Merman. And his guests were somebody who I don't remember, but I recognize from Silicon Valley. Okay. Um, then it was Busy Phillips, who was in White Chicks, and nothing really good, per se, <laughs> but she wound up being in the, in the festival quite a bit, and I think she was sort of a get, but then the one I was most excited for, Andy Richter, 
the uh, co-pilot, the co-pilot of Conan O'Brien, of course. Yeah. And he told a story about how he went to a Kiss show and met Gene Simmons because they were on the old old Conan show, and it wound up being like a, a just crazy experiment experience rather. And the whole time Eugene Merman's there, just you know asking questions, making me laugh. And we wound up staying in a hotel in San Francisco, which is something I've never done, and it was kind of interesting because we're in like this closet of a room. Yeah. Uh, as you probably know, as someone who lived Hell in San yeah. Francisco briefly, <laughs> uh, we're in this closet of a room that's looking out on Market Street, I think, somewhere like deep in Market Street, uh, and just, ah, fuck, hold on, the cat's trying to eat a puzzle. Okay, poor kitty. Doesn't understand how awful puzzle pieces are to eat. All right, sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. Uh, yeah, we've got a puzzle that we've been lazily working on for, I don't know, five months. <laughs> that's just on the floor on like a sewing grid thing like a big cardboard thing has like inch by inch squares on it that we've been using to move it around mm. and uh, yeah. the cat was trying to oh fuck she messed up the edge we had the entire outside down and now it's not done that's not good anyway <laughs> <laughs> so um for christmas katie got me tickets to this and the hotel booking and it's really cool and like when i was showing her shows that I wanted to go to. This was actually a show I passed on because I was like, you know, I've seen Eugene Merman a bunch of times. I- I'm not sure what this podcast thing is he's doing. It's on Audible only, and I don't have Audible, or didn't, rather. So I was just like, you know, it may not be something to do. But she got me tickets to surprise, to surprise me and got the hotel room because the next day we went to a 1 o'clock show of Jordan Jesse Go, which I don't know if listeners know this, Blipcast is a complete ripoff of Jordan Jessica. <laughs> it is me talking with one of my best friends about our lives, shooting the shit. Occasionally we have people on who join in with our antics and it's just just that. Yep. Which it's some mix between <laughs> that and like never not funny, which you know, kind of the same idea. But seeing it live was really fun and they had a guy from my brother and my brother and me, uh Travis McElroy on. And I'm being just like a ton of fun and just so funny. And seeing it in person, which is weird for podcasts to be, like, really meaningful, was really meaningful. No, for sure. I remember when um, me and Dan went to uh, Harmontown. Like, I I don't like... This is weird to say on a podcast, but I don't really like listening to podcasts. Um, that's fair. Yeah, I, like, I'll listen to them if Dan has them on in the car, but, like, I that's just not something I go for. Like, it gives me a headache to listen to people talk too much and like <laughs> you know whatever um but going to that and seeing it live it like actually really made me like the idea of Harmontown like and like I think if I hadn't gone and seen it live I think Dan Harmon might not be like a nice person in my head <laughs> I may have to go to Harmontown then I think he's kind of a monster <laughs> he yeah he's like being away from his facial expressions, I guess. I think that's like, cause he's genuine about the things that he says and like he gets into a lot of trouble and makes awful decisions, but he, I think he does it because he either one doesn't understand that it's going to be a bad thing or I don't know. Like, I, I still get mad at him when he makes really stupid decisions and does really stupid things, but whatever. I mean, like, I can sympathize with him. I think mostly because I went to his live show. And you saw the man that is full of pain. He looked him right in the <laughs> eyes and realized, oh, he's not a monster. 
No, I used to love Monster, but... <laughs> uh, so then... It, yeah. No, 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 it's just... It, it's less... Uh, I guess less shocking that he's such a monster. <laughs> like, I don't know what that really says, but... Uh, so the next week we went to uh, a show that was kind of a last-minute addition to the entire festival and to our, our weekends, or our weekends, which was the uh, Comedy Bang Bang Tribute Show, which yeah. is something they usually reserve for uh, TV shows and, like, movies and stuff that have been either, you know, legendary sh movies or shows that have been off the air for a while. Like, honestly, they do one every year for Futurama just because mm. those guys aren't really up to much, which isn't exactly true i guess film lamar isn't up to much but you know everybody else in the show is uh adventure time and plays daffy duck and shit yeah uh but they do something like that for futurama every year but comedy bang bang the tv show just ended i think like december mm -hmm. so it was a little weird for them to already do a tribute show but you know it was an excuse to have weird al and reggie watts and scott ackerman and all the writers on stage together with phil lamar as the um uh fuck i don't know officiator or whatever of the whole deal yeah everyone's married now in there uh but <laughs> i thought it'd be like really cool to just go there and see them and like i wasn't really sure what to expect but in my head i'm like i bet this is going to be like a weird comic-con panel where people are going to come up and ask questions and going to show clips and that's exactly what it was and i wasn't disappointed but i was like i don't really know what i wanted it to be but it wasn't quite that <laughs> but uh Reggie Watts did a little beatbox, which we saw in person years and years ago at the Pretty Good Friends tour with Eugene Merman and Reggie Watts and Kristen Schoen yeah. and shit. Uh, so that was that was really cool. Some girl asked him to do beatboxing. He asked her his name or her name, where she was born, uh, her favorite color, and all this stuff. And then he did like four bars of beatboxing without using any of the information, and then just stared at her, and it was funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> And that was like pretty cool. And then the following weekend, which was like icing on the cake, because the last weekend the whole deal was improvised Shakespeare, which is something I was a little on the fence about, but Katie was super excited for it. So I was like, yeah, you know, Jordan, Jesse, go. That's definitely my deal. Comedy bang, bang. We watched the show together. We went to a live taping of the podcast when it was him or Scott Ackerman and Paul F. And I guess it's kind of ours. The, pod, the Eugene Merman thing was definitely for me. We'll, we'll do something for her. She'll love this. I'm not going to know what's going on. It was fucking amazing. It was... Yeah, totally. So, it was so goddamn funny. It was Thomas Middleditch and four dudes I don't honestly know. And they got a suggestion from the audience. And the suggestion was low-hanging fruits. And they created this, in, this hour and a half straight uh, play about it where they talked like Shakespeare plays do. But with enough modern twist to where if you're a layman, me... You know what's going on, <laughs> and it was just fucking so funny. Like those guys are brilliant. Yeah, and long, yeah, long term, long. What is it? Long, long form. form. Yeah, that's honestly some of the best improv. Like, and and plus, you know, the Shakespearean aspect to it. It it gives them a reason to be raunchy, and like get really weird with like what they <laughs> decide to do. So yeah, that's cool. I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Uh it's it'll probably be on the the uh to-do list next year with other shows permitting of course, but it's uh yep. I loved it. It was so funny. Cool. So what have you been up to? Um well, in my copious amounts of spare time, um <laughs> I went and saw John Wick last night. How John was, Wick 2? How was John Wick 2? I still have um, yet to see one. 
well, I would see one first. So, like, you can see two. It doesn't, like, nothing that happens in one is that necessary. Because they still, like, hint on the same sorts of things. You you just have a better grasp of the world if you watched one. And I think you should watch one first to get a sense of what the movie was supposed to be. Um because it was basically the franchise was bought out after John Wick did okay in box office. I don't think it did that well um, to warrant like a second one, but yeah, box office wise, I don't know how great it did, but it got a lot of word of mouth and important people saying it was great. So yeah, I can, when it got a sequel, I wasn't surprised. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like it, I loved John Wick. So I loved it because he was, like, a lot of action movies are very much like, well, I'm just going to be action-y for the sake of being action-y. And it's just, like, visually appealing and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, the first movie didn't look like that was the case. It looked like his movements were very deliberate and, like, he, you know, he always shot twice in the head, make sure they were dead, that kind of thing. And, like, this this one, it's a, it's a lot of just, like... <laughs> Uh, I don't know, like his, his movements weren't precise. He looked very tired and like that, that, I guess like that's just his state of being in this movie. And so like, I'm kind of excusing it, but at the same time, it's like he, he's, so he's called the Baba Yaga, right? Who like oh, of course. the Russian boogeyman. Oh, thank you. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he's supposed to be like this awesome experienced killer. He's like really, he's feared among among like a, a sect of um, like mercenary type of people, right? Um, and and yet he's making decisions that don't really coincide with that like um, a persona. And I don't know, like it, it just it didn't have any of the magic of the first one. Maybe because I was expecting that he was going to act a certain way or something. I don't know. Um, but there were a couple cool scenes in it, like (laughs) people playfully shooting at each other. (laughs) Of course. Um, but yeah, no, and like, I enjoyed it as an action movie. It was a good action movie, but I didn't like it as a follow up to John Wick too, or John Wick. What is John Wick about? Is he avenging his dog? Because all I know is there's a dog that dies. Kind of. Like, that's what... I mean... So his... Okay. So his wife... Oh, God. How do I start this? Okay, so he worked as the Baba Yaga, right? So that that was, like, his life. And then he met this woman who... um, I'm going to stop you just for a second. Yes. What does being a Russian boogeyman entail? Um, so (laughs) there's like this whole hierarchy of like assassin mercenary people. It's like this network of like, everybody is just in on it. Like, did you see, you saw Deadpool, right? Yes. Think like the bar that Deadpool worked in, but like on a really large scale, like worldwide. Cool. So he's like the best of the best. Right. 
And um, so he meets this woman and like she's like second sunshine and like changes his world. So he decides that he wants to get out of like being the dude everybody calls on to like go and assassinate people. And um, so the only way that you can get out is if you survive like this trial and I don't know. So you'd have to watch the movie for details on that. But um, so he goes through the trial and he gets out and then she passes away because she had cancer. So knowing she was going to die, she leaves him like like this, this flower guy who comes and like brings him flowers, like an, a card and then a dog. And so because he's so emotionally distraught that, you know, like the love of his life died because of cancer of all things like and then she 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 was thoughtful enough to give him a dog and then this fucking punk ass russian dude like comes in and okay i say russian dude in a derogatory manner i only mean that because he's like the son of like a mobster please don't take offense to that so anyway so like he comes in and just like he he as a bout of fun he goes in to this guy's house he doesn't know who john wick is i guess and he like tries to steal the guy's car because he's like it's a really nice car and he lives in a really nice mansion and whatever and um because the dog is like a little puppy and so it's yapping and so he like steps on it and kills it and he gets really fucking pissed off and thus he goes to kill him but um so yeah that like if if Valuing the life of a puppy isn't enough for you. That's what the symbolism is. Okay. Yeah, like, all I know, puppy, action movie, Keanu Reeves? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, <coughs> by the way, his his acting, don't let that concern you. Does he say whoa at any point? <laughs> no, I don't What's think so. What's the point, then? <laughs> well... Honestly, his acting prowess isn't that much developed from um, that time, but it works really well for the character. He's he's kind of an awkward, weird dude. Um, doesn't say much, so like, like his like you know how Keanu Reeves' face is like really expressive. Yeah. Like, it it just works really well, and I, I think you should go see the first one at least, and maybe the second one if you like it. I had it in some format on a hard drive somewhere, so... <laughs> and then your computer crashed? <laughs> well, my I've been actually really good about backing up, like, media files. Mm. Like, when I my thing got... Fuck. Oh, wait, no, I do have a resume somewhere. I was like, really, the only important thing I lost was a resume. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, I lost my resume. But I actually do have it in, like, an outgoing message I can download it from in my Gmail. Go me. Um, good. Yay. Yeah. Uh, so... Like I think I've got all my movies still, music, TV shows. It's we're we're okay as far as that kind of stuff. I don't have to start over at all. But like honestly, if that hard drive crashed, that wall of CDs over there would just be like, it'd be a project for months and months getting them all back on there. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Uh, speaking of movies, I finally, finally saw Civil War. <laughs> okay, how'd you feel about it? Uh, I was mostly bored. <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm still in the in the mood where I don't really care about the overall Marvel thing. Like there's going to be another fucking Spider-Man, really? Well, and, and having it introduced in, the, in that movie, like I wish there was no origin movie and it was just going to be him showing up in Civil War, call it done, move on, but I don't <laughs> think it's going to be. 
Um, you it, don't like him as Spider-Man? I don't want another Spider-Man movie. I mean, that's fair, but of all the Spider-Mans, he seems like <laughs> the best. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm supposed to say this out loud. Uh, I just got a text from Dan that says, her explanation triggers me and does the f- little justice to the film. I'm probably Whatever. ratting him out, but... It's fine. I'm sure he intended <laughs> you to read it out loud. I mean, he could just be on and he could explain it. Yeah, uh, he could just be on, but he's on his phone right now, probably texting you more things. Ah, uh, sweet. Come explain John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Do you is want he, an earbud? Is he, is he coming? What do you want me to explain? I, well, you said that my explanation offended you, so... I didn't say it offended me. It's triggering. What does that mean? It means his acting is not bad. His acting Whatever. is not like it used to be. Uh, he's not awkward at all. <laughs> his, it's, all right, it's methodical. So if he's not awkward, so, then it's not Keanu Reeves, because Keanu Reeves is fucking awkward. Yeah, Dan is just in love with him. I mean, it's fine. Well, I understand. So, so to your point in saying it works for him, I think it does, but he's not awkward. He's methodical in the sense that everything he's doing is thinking about. Everything. He acts it out. He doesn't actually speak it out, which is, I think, a big part of his character. Right, but his speak his speaking roles are very much just all in, like I think if you cut them up together they'd all be like in the same key. <laughs> like... I mean maybe, but if you if you give that if you give the main character that little lines to, to actually speak in a film, it's gonna seem that way. He doesn't speak very much throughout the entire thing. They're both movies. Yeah. It's kinda like drive. Uh in a lot of ways, yeah, actually. Because, like that dude doesn't say much uh, throughout the entire film, but he still acts well. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's like like you said yesterday, he's a good face actor and I think yeah. that's most of his character. Damn. Oh, that's what All I right. said. Now that you're on does he say whoa at any point? Uh <laughs> no, he doesn't. I don't think so. Not Keanu film, don't care, doesn't not canon. <laughs> not canon, fuck it. <laughs> I just wanted to come on and say that. I really enjoyed <laughs> the first film. Uh it w- I was just tweeting about it like not thirty minutes ago. And somebody was responding with the fact they liked the movie. And I said, I guess my, my reaction was I'm being very hipster about it uh, in Hollywood, <laughs> turning turning an art film into a franchise. It's basically, it's a it's a much more artistic Fast and the Furious now. And it sucks because of that. Yeah. So Fast, and, Fast and Furious, was that initially an art film also? No. No. Because <laughs> I'm hipster um, garbage. I'm down with art films. I Doubted well, that I was an art film. First one, I thought the first one was great. Yeah, it's a good movie. I'm talking about the first Fast and the Furious. Oh, that's not a good movie. <laughs> not that's, an art film at that's all. That's not something I've heard. I've heard they get fun at like six or five <laughs> or something. Well, did you? So we watched the trailer for um, Fate? Fate. It's called the Fate now. I Fate, thought that yeah. was interesting. Oh boy. <laughs> No, I, I'm done with the series. I just thought I'm done with it. Yeah, I'm done with it before the last one comes out. Yeah, look at me, very hipster. God damn it. That's very hipster of you. Actually, <laughs> is that the last one? Is are they ending on eight? Yeah, yeah, because it's the fate of the team. I think I think they're oh. gonna. I, I figured I figured they would would have ended it during the the seven when uh, what's his what's <laughs> Paul Walker. Yeah, Paul Walker uh, when he died. But I guess they had a contract to probably do one more or finally do him justice or so. I don't know. Family. Family. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I want to come see my piece. You guys get back to it. All right. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan and Tosh. Yay. Love you guys. Follow on Twitch. Bye. <laughs> follow? Yeah, what, follow. What, I was saying, like, what's the vernacular? 
follow and subscribe. He has a subscribe button now. Ah, shit, because he's a partner. Yeah. Damn, girl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Civil War, I was bored. Um, I, I, I will reluctantly see the next thing. The oh, Fuck, I don't even know what it is. Uh, Thor? No. I don't know what Thor's next. The the I think the next thing is another Avengers thing, which the la Civil War is a fucking Avengers movie. I wish they just Dan, call it what it is. Dan confirms that the next one is Thor. It's Thor. <sighs> yeah, it's Ragnarok. It's the one where they're oh, gonna do uh, right. Planet Hulk. They're gonna mush too much stuff in one movie, and we're all gonna cry. I mean, like all the fucking movies now. Yeah. I feel like superhero movies are good for one, maybe two goes, and then they're just <laughs> like, we need to put everything in here, because look at like. <clears throat> All the Batmans, they yeah. wind up cramming too much shit in it, then they panic because it fails, and they start over again. Yeah. Well, okay, Dan actually confirms that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is the next Marvel movie. But, what's but we the don't next... put that in with the Avengers, because it's actually a good movie. Yeah, that, well, that's what I... What's the next, like, Avenger-related film? Because I'm sure they'll all coalesce I eventually. It's It'll be... what, what's yeah, that? I think it's, I, it's Thor. Okay. Ragnar. <laughs> All right, anyway, so we'll probably... but yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I think that those movies, they just, it's like they, they start them with the aspiration of making them like, yeah, it's going to be a really long lived project. And then they're like, oh, wait, but we're putting too much money in them. We need to stop it. <laughs> like, I really liked Jessica Jones, the series on Netflix. I question the whole defenders thing where she joins up with daredevil and well luke cage is basically a part of jessica jones but i don't i don't see them meshing well as far they feel like very different to me so we'll see how that goes but i'm more excited about that than i am about any avengers related thing now i haven't seen any of them like i tried <sighs> i i think i tried to watch luke cage it's not bad. I just, like, I don't have the patience to watch any TV shows anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and then I never tried listening or listening, watching um, Jessica Jones. I heard it was awesome, though. The bad guy in it is one of the most stressful villains I've ever experienced. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's, uh, fuck, what's his name? It's already escaping me. Kilgrave. Oh, my God. That sounds interesting. Maybe I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah, uh, I think he shows up like maybe four or five episodes in, but when he starts showing up and his character unfolds, it's just intense. That's good, because like, I don't know, I hate really one-dimensional villains. Like, I feel like they they create the series because they're like, obviously they're the antagonist, they're like where all the drama comes from, so like, you can't have a good hero if they have nothing to work off of. True. <laughs> so... And there's like a lot of history between the characters and it's, yeah, it's, it's good. It's very good. Uh, I liked it more than Daredevil, which I'm sad to say that Daredevil, <laughs> like I'm going to watch season three. I I'm leading towards Daredevil. The series is not good. It's boring, but I love Daredevil. So I'm just going to stick with it. Yeah. But apparently yeah. the next thing is Defenders, which he's in. So Jessica Jones is also in. We'll see how it goes. Hmm. So um, remember how I, I briefly did the uh, loot crate deal? So yeah. I have started doing another monthly crate subscription thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, this one I, I might be out of already, but I I don't know how I feel about it. It's it's kind of cool. It's kind of terrible, but it's called Video Games Monthly. 
and uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. Every month, this thing sends you a bunch of video games, and they're all retro systems, and you go through and you check off things you're interested in, and you get rid of the games you already have, and somehow, based on that, they send you games they think you'll like. I okay. really question that last part about games you'll like, because I've received two crates so far, and both of them are pretty full of racing games, which I don't think I've owned one before these crates. Interesting. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and discuss <laughs> what I've got in my crates so far. Okay. Um, the first one, like I got them within a week of each other, so I'm actually not even caught up on trying these games out. But I've tried everything in the first one, and the second one, I'm um, two games in. But okay. uh, they, you sign up through PayPal, and PayPal has my exact address, which is an apartment number, or an address plus an apartment number, number one. And when they sent out the crate, they left off the number one part, despite it being on my, my address. And I emailed them, like, it was towards the end of January, and they're about to bill me for the next crate. I'm like, hey, I should have probably received my crate by now, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah your shit sent out on the third. I'm like, it's not here. <laughs> and they're like, well, what's your address? I'm like, blah, 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 number one. I'm like, well, we didn't send it to number one. I turned went to my, fa my uh, uh, PayPal. I'm like, why? They're like, uh, we didn't see that number one. So wow. I so I eventually got it, and it's weird. I don't know if you saw my uh, Instagram forum, but I got one rad crate and one weird crate. And weird crate is number one. So okay. let's start. I got, uh, for Game Boy Color, I got Tony Hawk Pro Skater, which <laughs> I love the Tony Hawk. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I love the Tony Hawk franchise. I played the shit out of it on N64, PlayStation 2. Uh, <laughs> I even had a Game Boy Advance version one. The Game Boy Color version is borderline unplayable. I yeah. don't know what the <laughs> fuck I'm doing in it. I accidentally spin all the time and I fall down. <laughs> I'm sure there's a way to grind on rails. I don't know how to do it. I, I sound like I know what I'm talking about, saying grind on rails, doing spins, uh, five, uh, 540 flip, etc. Uh, but um, this game is bad. Fair uh, enough. All I, play, right. I played it for maybe 20 minutes, and I don't think I'm going to again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, another game I got was for Game Boy Advance. Uh, it is two games in one, actually, so woohoo. Uh, it is Hot Wheels Xfinity. Fuck, what the hell is it called? Velocity X and Hot Wheels World Race. And they are both racing games where you're playing fancy looking toy. Well, they look like toy cars, but they're just, you know, cars and you're doing racing stuff. One, it looks like F Zero and you shoot it like other cars and stuff. Jumps, you do flips, you somehow get points based on that. And the other game is, a to is like a weird kind of. Um, if, say if you're in a room and there's like a security camera up in one of the corners pointing at the room and that's the only angle you have. But no matter what you're doing, you're, like, making turns going around the uh, the track, and you're still on that one static shot. It's a racing oh. game like that. I don't know why anyone would want a racing game like that, but that's <laughs> what the other game is. Uh, World Race is kind of fun, actually. Uh, Velocity X is real bad. Okay. Fair uh, enough. Also for uh, Game Boy Advance, I got a game, which I'm, I'm, I think is part of a series I don't honestly understand, called Yu Yu Yakusho. Ghost Files Tournament Tactics. Do you want me to save oh, this for you? Sure. Okay. I don't know when I'm going to see you next, but I will hold on to this for you. I don't okay. get it. It's turn-based. Can you explain it more than I can, apparently? Because it, it's turn-based. It's kind of RPG. I'm like a little kid wearing a t-shirt and short like short jeans, and I'm fighting monsters? What the fuck <laughs> so is this you, game? Yu Hakusho is um, it's a really good anime. Uh, I don't know that you'd like it, because mostly for me it's nostalgia, because it's like... It's like 12-year-olds who 
are super anti-authoritarian and one of them gets contracted by like the lord of the underworld to like fight demons and protect humans whatever it's kind of like that so so that's basically it and like i probably i don't know at all the game you're talking about but you the, the name of it was just made me really happy um it's probably your yusuke yurameshi and you're running around with a with your like little finger guns <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah that's i don't know doing. if you can see that detail but like yeah he has like like this thing called like spirit gun and he shoots bad guys i don't really know how to explain it <laughs> like aside from getting into all the lore and all the background information so like yeah you're just a dude who works with the underworld to protect humans that's your job Unfortunately, all these games are out of the packages and do not include instruction manuals, so any sort of context to them would have been very helpful. So, uh, thank you. Uh, it makes a little more sense now. Uh, I'm going to give it another it go. Like, it doesn't give you like an introduction sequence. It's not like, hey. Uh, the, it, it went on for a while and I was reading it, but it just kept going. And I was oh. like, I want to know what this game is. I see. Okay, that makes sense. So, in theory, the games should have stopped there. It's a... Uh, three to five level or game level system like three games it works out to be like thirty dollars a month four games i think it's 35 and 50 or five games is 40 or something like that but both my games i got the power up thing which i don't know if that's based on being a new subscriber or the quality of the games or whatever but i got six games in both crates oh my god yeah so uh, the next game I got is similar to uh, Hot Wheels Velocity X in that there's a static shot on a racing game. It is called Radical Psycho Machine Racing. It is uh, a Super Nintendo game, um, and you're just kind of nondescript cars racing around, running into each other, and trying to be in first while going on off jumps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, okay. I'm saving the worst game for last. Because it's okay. a doozy, but uh, the best game I got, which is the one I've played the most, and the one I keep coming back to, and I didn't even know this existed until I don't know a couple days before I even got this crate, is Tetris Two. <laughs> I didn't know there was Classics. A, I didn't know there was a reason to have a Tetris Two, but it's for the OG Game Boy, which you know the gray thing. It even came one of those like little click cases. There it is. Mm. Oh man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I never played it, but there's glowing things that you match them up and they explode, and it's so fucking fun. And it's just, you know, take on the old Tetris game, but a little bit of maybe Dr. Mario or something like that mixed in. Oh, cool. I like Dr. Mario. It's relaxing. Yes. Very relaxing game. And then the final game I got in crate number one, which, like I said, is a doozy, is uh, for Nintendo 64. It is Rugrats in Paris, the movie, the game. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so in the That's game... Awesome you hate that game I, i'm gonna play it some more because it's so bad that it's fun <laughs> which you know if you know my taste in movies it kind of goes in line with that so the game i played for like 45 minutes i played for way too long for what it is you get an intro where the if i have not seen this movie i've seen the, the original rugrats movie where dill is born but i've not seen this one so you are in like reptar land and you are one of six babies which it's like you know chucky tommy lil dill uh or lil phil angelica and then just some rando i don't know who the last one is 
But you can pick any of them, so I pick Chucky. Um, and then you run around Reptar Land, and you're just trying to get red tickets. And they seem like some form of currency to get other stuff in the game. However, I don't know where to go to turn in this currency. And there's other, like, gold tickets that have Reptar's face on them, that kind of thing. And I eventually advance to the next level where there's a room where you go in and you start playing mini golf, which is not what I was expecting. But uh, so because it's like a, an older game, there's just like a recycled audio. So every few minutes, it, he like laughs and goes <laughs> and um, every about 15 minutes or so. No, it's definitely less than that because I heard about six times, whatever the math on that works out to be. He goes, this is fun, which is insulting because oh the game is not fun. It's <laughs> so frustrating, and I don't know what's going on in it, but I'm just running around. There's no one else in this theme park, which you think, being a theme park, there'd be people there. And uh, you're just collecting tickets, and I don't know where the game advances. I might look at a walkthrough and see what it says. So that Sounds like a nightmare, honestly, <laughs> but okay. Before I go into my next my next box, so I'm not just okay. completely monopolizing this. Uh, <laughs> uh, have you aside from you, you whatever thing? Yeah. Do you know any of these games? <laughs> no, like no, I've never heard of any of them. <laughs> but I mean, like that's the point, though, right? That's that's what you signed up for. Yeah, you it's kind of like exposing you to games you've not you've probably not played or definitely not owned. Before. Yeah. So Crate 2, which is really rad, actually. It's definitely a mixed bag. And like I said, I don't know if it's quality of the initial games they gave me or being a new subscriber, but I got six games again. So for Game Boy Advance, I got GT3 Advance Pro Concept Racing. So I got another racing game. Uh, I think you get cars. You can eventually trick them out. And it's actually a pretty solid Game Boy Advance racing game. No, nothing's really descriptive about it. You can race, like, kind of... Uh, known brand of cars and shit. It's it's pretty good. And mm -hmm. then I got an I think because I owned pro skater games on Game Boy Advance. I got another like extreme sports game for Game Boy Advance. Also, I got Sean Sean Palmer's Pro Snowboarding, and it's not as bad as the Pro Skater for Game Boy Advance, but it's not good. Sean Palmer? Yeah, I don't know who the fuck Sean Palmer is, but Sean White's in it. I was like, okay. why not, why not just go Sean White? Although apparently well, he's not a good guy now. No, but I, I know that Sean White had his own snowboarding game eventually, so maybe it was, like, the predecessor. Yeah, I don't know what the, the year is on this one, but, um, yeah, it's, it's you know, going downhill in a, in a thing, and I, I, I just cannot figure out how to spin in these games. <laughs> I just keep doing it on accident. Uh, then for Super Nintendo, I got Boxing Legends of the Ring, and you're all these professional boxers from... All eras, I've only heard of one of them, and Muhammad Ali's not in it, so I don't... It's Sugar Ray Leonard that I know. Uh, and you just punch the fuck out of people, and the rounds seem to go on forever, and it's, it's pretty fun, but I, 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 I don't know. It doesn't feel like a, a, a repeat play. Kind What's of it called? It is called uh, Boxing Legends of the Ring. Oh, all right. And then for... I a, thought it was like punch out but no no, no. It's, if it was punch out it'd be it'd be cool i think it'd be like a an old like a straight up nes thing yeah um then i got for game boy color i got hoyle card games so it's just blackjack it's uh oh, solitaire yeah, totally. so yeah so this one's actually gonna wind up having a lot of replay value just because yeah <laughs> fucking solitaire and i'm a million years old and that's the best <laughs> Then uh, the last two things I got in here are both Nintendo 64 games, and they were the ones I was most excited for. 
Uh, one is Quake 2. You know, just shooting fucking monsters kind of game. Mm. And that should be pretty fun. Yeah. And then uh, I got another racing game, and I'm actually excited about this one. And I remember playing <laughs> okay. it when I, was, when I was a kid when it first came out. It is South Park Rally. So oh, my God. So you're just South Park <laughs> characters being awful to each other in little go-karts. Probably a straight-up rip-off of, uh, of Mario Kart or, like, Diddy Kong Racing or something. But, you know, you're Cartman. But still awesome. That, yeah. that's, uh, that should be good. That was the last one I, found, I looked, and I'm like, I was... All right. So, as silly as it sounds, I was doing an unboxing video to Katie. I wasn't yeah. recording or anything, but I was acting like I was doing an unboxing video. So, so hey, guys. Um, Daniel here. <laughs> And then I just went through the whole thing, and I actually got legitimately excited, and that was my last one. So I'm kind of gaming at the moment, but I'm I'm a little bogged down and overwhelmed because, yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> that sounds good, though. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know that, like, I'm one of those awful people who, like, won't play a game if it looks a certain way. <laughs> Some of these are a little difficult. Like yeah, but, like... I think the way that a game looks often is telling of like how good the controls are. Cause I know like I, I really old games, Dan, don't judge me. <laughs> Listen. So I don't know if you ever had this, but game boy color dinosaurs for that movie that came out, the Disney's dinosaurs or whatever. Like the one with, I think Whoopi Goldberg's in it or John Goodman. Who the fuck's in that movie? I think John matter. Goodman is in that movie. Yeah. But anyway, so they made a Game Boy Color game for it. Wait, I'm like, thinking. I'm sorry. I'm thinking oh, we're back. Hello. Well, I think <laughs> somebody. I think John Good. I don't know. We're back. Yeah, we're back. It's like a dinosaur animated film. It might be a blue, like a Don Bluth film. Disney's. Oh, I just like it's you, the one you're talking about is like CGI. It looks like pre-Pixar yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, I do know the one yeah, you mean. I watched yeah. it in a science class in junior high because Woodland. <laughs> I'm sorry, what the fuck, really? Yeah, I watched it in <laughs> in uh, eighth grade, and I don't know if, I don't remember if we had a sub or not, or if it somehow related to what we were talking about. But we watched the dinosaurs movie. Who did you have for eighth grade? Dyer. He was like an ag science teacher, and eventually was also my teacher at Woodland High. And uh, when I got in his class at Woodland High, my dad went to the counselors there and threw a fit because he didn't want his son <laughs> taking an ag science class because he didn't want him to grow up to be a farmer. I mean, <laughs> he's in luck because I'm not a farmer. Yeah, <laughs> and that's I, funny. But uh, to to his chagrin, I wound up staying in the class. So Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, apparently Di Disney's Dinosaurs is a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Cool. Just so you know. Anyway, so that game, um, it had pretty, it looked really bad. Like, and, oh my god, the controls on it were horrendous. I think I got to, like, level six as a kid. Uh, and then subsequently couldn't get any further, I think, because, like, I had to collect something in a previous level. And at that point, that was not something that games did. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I just, I have strong feelings about that game, so they're probably unjustified, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I actually got an argument recently with uh, a friend of mine, because for Christmas, but my mom, you know, left it at work for almost two months, my mom <laughs> got me this thing where it's like a Sega Genesis kind of emulator deal, 
but mm-hmm. it's portable. So it's absolutely up my alley. And yeah. it's got like Sonic, like all the Sonic games on it and Golden Axe and stuff like that. And I posted about it online. I wound up getting a light argument with this guy about how they made that, uh, that, Ninten- that Nintendo Entertainment System, not Super Nintendo, emulator, that they couldn't keep on the shelves because everyone was fucking buying it. And I didn't understand why that was more popular than the Sega thing. Because mm-hmm. Nintendo games, OG Nintendo games, are fucking unplayable now. Yeah, like, they totally are. The way you describe games is why I was nervous about doing this in the first place. <laughs> because some Super Nintendo games are amazing. Like your yeah. uh, Link to the Past, your Mario's, there are definitely other ones that are escaping me. But those are the ones that come to mind. <laughs> but like the fact that I got that weird top-down racing game is proof that they're not all gold. And I can't, you know, just how much garbage would be on that Nintendo emulator thing just doesn't appeal to me. And this guy's like, yeah. I, I play Nintendo every day. I'm like, why? Cause you don't like fun. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but this, this Sega thing has been a lot of fun also. Just, I don't know half the games on there. But I'm just trying shit. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, me being the retro gamer I am yet. I talked to some guy at GameStop about pre-ordering the switch. I wasn't able to, but I'm on some, deep waiting list now apparently oh my god really yeah I, I, it's like none of the game stops have uh wait or um pre-orders left so there's waiting lists wow. and they 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 may get something before release date but it seems unlikely which i mean i'm fine with that's just, pretty incredible i went but... to talk to the guy i'm like hey how's that looking he's like oh it's real bad let's go okay <laughs> Well, I mean, that's good for them that they're at least selling out of their pre-orders. Yeah, happy launch to Nintendo, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I'm not, like, terribly interested in it, but, like, I don't have time, I guess, is my main thing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, like, if I cared enough to even look at it, I'd probably want it. I watched some videos of the new Zelda thing and the trailer for uh, some other games, but but more importantly, the Mario Odyssey. So. Mm. Which is not a launch title, but I'll I'll probably get it and be part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. It's the future of gaming. I can take it and I can play it in my lap, which is all I really care about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I might be going over to Paris and London over the summer. Red! Yeah, I just have to find a way to finance it, but um, I applied to the study abroad program. Cool. Um, and I got in, so. Yeah. So you could go to so Paris. So you might still not see me for like another year. You asshole. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really should have asked you this beforehand. Are you going to be around in April of 2018? Like. Um, for, I, for the listeners' sake, I'm I'm getting married 2018 in April. I asked Katie to be part of my like wedding party. Are you gonna be around? Yeah, I'm, I'll be I'll be here. Um, I was actually going to ask you uh, when that was, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we can no, do that post show, but because <laughs> April is still during my school year. Mm-hmm. So, since so are you guys gonna be getting married on like a traditional day, like Saturday? <laughs> It'll likely be a Saturday, yes. Okay, so I can probably just come down for the weekend and just, like, make sure that I keep the time out. Okay, cool. Yep. Cool, it'll likely be the 14th, it's looking like. Okay. Cool. Can do. All right. Now everybody knows when you got married. Great. 
<laughs> I'd say they're invited, but eh. <laughs> no. I'm not saying where on the on the uh, air seems like a strong word, but on the old <laughs> internet webs. Sorry. So you're going to Paris or London? Like, are you able to narrow it down at any point? But at, at this point, rather, or do you have a hope? What where do you, you want to go? What do you mean? It's well, it's going to be both. So I applied to both programs. Cool. So it's like Paris for a month and then London for a month. Um. And it's like early morning classes. So then you have the rest of the day to go like actually do things. Cause that's like, that's the entire point of the summer program. Um, I don't think they have like structured finals and like the workload is pretty low. So, um, it should be really nice. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm I, excited. <laughs> I have a friend who, uh, just, who actually he's waiting for his passport to come back from, uh, customs or something. I honestly don't know. He had to physically send his passport to, the Czech Republic or Prague or somewhere. And that's where he's hoping to go, but it's currently just like in the mail in limbo and he's waiting for it to come back before he can go. But yeah, it's weird. (laughs) Similarly, he's in like law school and, um, is wants to go over there and has everything set to go and was supposed to leave Wednesday, but his passport's not back yet. Oh no. So he had to cancel his flight. He's at $400. And as soon as he gets it, he's going to hop on the first plane again. Well, well, you know, I don't really blame him, considering our president apparently doesn't um, respect the legal system. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's as, neat. as someone who knows who's studying law and is becoming more versed in it, how how fucked up is this uh, regime so far? Uh, it seems honestly, bad. So, well. Uh, <laughs> Having a legal education doesn't really make it any worse. What he's doing is, well, I won't say completely legal. Mm -hmm. He has a lot more power than he would have otherwise had because of the powers given to uh, Obama recently. Um, So Thanks, Obama. (laughs) Right. So good to do those. Classic. Well, what's really bad is, like, he got those powers because he couldn't do anything because he was at a standstill with Congress and the House or the Senate. And I guess the entire thing is Congress, the House and the Senate, (laughs) whatever. Um, But yeah, now that he, the president just has all this power, plus he has, you know, the majority in both areas. It's just, it's just kind of bad. And it, I don't know. I considering how upset he is about it. Technically, all of the lower courts could go away. That's oh. something that Congress can totally do. Like, like we that. could just have the Supreme Court because that's all that's required in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I could be doing this for literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, like every court case would go to the Supreme Court? Yeah, more likely than not. He would, in order to do that, I think he would have to impose very strict things that could go to court. Because obviously the reason that there are lower courts is because there were too many for the Supreme Court to handle itself. So, um, but the Supreme Court can't actually create courts. It has to be Congress. So, and and Congress can take them away. Like, they have both powers. So, yeah. Fun. <laughs> fun terrifying yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. 
but I mean, I don't think he's going to do that. And I don't think Congress wants to do that either. Um, but yeah, I have a, yeah, never mind. Sorry. That has to wait for after. Okay. Great. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, speaking of after, have you, uh, anything else for us? I just have a court case. Hell yes. Um, so this is a quick one. It's just funny. Um, so it's called Lucy v. Zimmer. Uh, it's a contracts case. So these two guys walk into a bar <laughs> and they get real drunk and they God, decide you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and they decide to uh, have a pissing match and like uh, literally or are they like flexing at each other? I mean, maybe literally, but probably just the flexing part. Cool. And then um, one of them starts writing out a deed to his land on like a napkin and um he's like you know what i'm gonna sell you the farm and then um they agree on like some ridiculous price for like 250 acres like fifty thousand dollars whatever and then um so he signs it and then he's like yeah here you go and then the other guy's like no 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 you have to get your wife to sign it too because she's like co-owner of the land right and so he goes in the other into the back room uh or the kitchen, whatever, where the wife is, and she. I have she... a question already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they're in a in a bar, you said. And... They're in a bar that one of them owns. Oh, I see. I'm like, why is the wife in a kitchen <laughs> in a bar? Bar the kitchens? Because she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so he goes back and he he gets the consent of his wife by saying that it's a joke, like the signing of the deed to the other person and the sale is a joke. Mm -hmm. So then she signs it and then they wake up the next morning and they're like, Oh, wait a minute. What did I just do? And then they go to court about it. And then the court's just like, no, that was a sale. <laughs> don't make stupid decisions. <laughs> so then so yeah, nice. don't make stupid decisions. That's the moral of the story. Don't get drunk and then sell your property. <clears throat> Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I don't have any property. Sorry. I don't really have much property anyway other than guitars. Well, real property. Hey, they're fucking real. They can hear you. <laughs> God damn it. All right, so for my recommendation this episode, I have a, uh, a band that um, has been kind of making waves lately, and they just released their album, I think it was last week. Yeah, maybe the week before. Uh, they are called Galactic Empire, which already, what do you think this band is? I think it's synth prog, um, and they wear tight, uh, silver pants. <laughs> and they have, uh, I'm, I'm imagining Dennis from that episode of It's oh, Always Sunny. Oh, when he's, uh, Dayman. Yeah. Uh, not quite, sadly. <laughs> uh, the Galactic Empire is a reference to Darth Vader's team in Star Wars. Okay. And they are a Star Wars metal band where they play instrumental metal versions of Star Wars tracks. And I'm going to try and play a little bit of one right now from my uh, information tunes. It may be a little loud. I tried to EQ it where it wouldn't be. But okay. uh, here's their version of the Cantina song, because of course that's what I play. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. Listeners can, and it's lovely. Yeah, I can't hear it. Ah, fuck. Uh So yeah, it's it's pretty fucking amazing. Like the most known like themes from like all the movies. Honestly, they like even do Duel of Fates, which is the one redeeming quality of Phantom Menace. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's it's a great album. It is a self-titled album. I think they kickstarted like putting it out and recording it and all that shit. And mm-hmm. when they play, they have um, uh, lawsuit-avoiding <laughs> versions of costumes from the movies. So like their <laughs> lead guitarist's name is Dark Vader, and he's wearing like a spot-on costume, except the helmet's different. And like there's Imperial Guard and Stormtrooper mm-hmm. and stuff, and it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, so yeah, look for that in the information tunes, and I think there's a physical version eventually. But I got the information tunes version; it's fucking great. Awesome. I went on a run earlier, and I thought I had shuffle on, but it turns out I didn't, and I wound up just running to the entire album. It was a good time. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Must have felt really epic. Yeah, especially when Duel of Fates hit. I just wanted to beat up some guy in the park, but he wouldn't know why. I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? You think that's what stops people from beating people up? Is they wouldn't know why? <laughs> well, <laughs> if I were to start attacking somebody, it could be like, I'm listening to Duel of Fates. I have to fight you. He'd be like, ah, I don't know who you are. No, he'd be like, that's cool, bro. <laughs> do what you got to do. Yeah, it's fair. It's Davis. So. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been episode 63 of the Boring Lies of Interesting People podcast. Uh, you can email us at blipcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at blipcast. Facebook.com slash Blipcast. I'm at Overcord. She's at Lady Zombies. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Katie. 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 What? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, okay, good. I said Katie a bunch of times and you didn't say anything back. Sorry. I, I think the board was incorrectly done i'll have to tell daniel about that can i call him by his full name when i'm speaking to you i always i never know i don't know i reference katie as katie because that's her name his name could be you know i don't think i've ever heard you call him daniel (laughs) whatever i mean technically i guess it is but when we had our little what was it uh pilots for a podcast idea dan and dan on dan that was a I don't go by Dan. He does. Very true. And his podcast was Dan Sucks, not Daniel Sucks. Because well. Daniel doesn't suck. Dan sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can't comment on this. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, right, am I loud enough? Or yeah. should I? Okay. I mean, I can tweak it on my end if need be, but we're, we I. All right. The level's cool. a level. <laughs> That it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said, uh, the cat's kind of being rambunctious, so we'll see if that takes my attention away. But I don't think so. She, I don't know where she is right now, which could be don't. terrifying. Terrifying? Well, she could be getting somewhere she just she shouldn't be, and like I'm knocking stuff over. There's a guitar downstairs. She could probably knock it down. That's a whole is she thing. having like a terrible twos phase or something? Uh, this was an issue last time we talked. Uh, I mean, she's not quite in a a year old cat she's rambunctious full of energy and i think she wants to play right now and unfortunately i'm uh i don't know i'm sitting in front of a microphone which and i'm I'm sure she sees me as just staring at some light at a wall and i bet she thinks i'm crazy (laughs) do you ever think about how animals view how humans entertain themselves with like their phones or that fucks me up (laughs) yeah it makes me feel really guilty too because like if I'm just sitting there staring at the TV, I don't want to do anything. But at the same time, my cat's just like sitting on the ground like, hey, 
<laughs> hey, can you play? Can you like move the thing around? <laughs> yeah, like I'll play with Dennis, but like if if she just sits on my lap and she like kind of stares at me and I look up and I'm staring at this big black thing on the wall that's just radiating light. Yeah. I feel like she's just like you're stupid, man. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, well, shall we? Yeah. <clears throat> Catbox Production.